0: that's
1: not what I was saying. <laughs> oh, oh. What were you saying?
0: <laughs> I was saying a reminder of why we do the
2: outcast. Why do we do the outcast? Why do we do outcasts? <laughs> even? Um,
0: well, it's not about what we say necessarily. It's
2: I mean, ideally. People aren't it's here to listen to what we have I mean, to say. I mean, we would
0: pray that the p- spirit would, you know, give us the words and use them, but that the purpose is to encourage the people who watch or listen to be like thinking critically and applying the word that they heard, you know, and not even, like, the sermon, but, like, also, like, diving into the passage, and it's not, you know, the sermon isn't for the person next to you, or yeah. the person that you're like, well, I re- really hope they heard that, like, it is for you.
2: Matt, I really appreciated the vision you've had uh, for, for this, like, in some version, this has lived in your head for a couple of years. Uh, and and one of the things we've talked about is the idea of like taking what we learn on a Sunday and and putting it into practice. So uh, talking practically about uh, the message and and not only just the message but some of the current and relevant uh, topics is a great way to communicate with a, a number of people all at the same time.
1: I was reading in this uh, this book I'm going through right now, uh, a long obedience in the same direction. Um, about the idea of like the Sunday worship service and it's meant to whet your appetite. That's what uh, the author Eugene Peterson says it's about the this appetizer. Yeah. It's, it's to get you salivating for uh, more. Uh, and I think that some of us as Christians sort of come into a worship service or a, a Sunday gathering. And we sort of think that that's like the completion or like it's a one and done thing, but no, that's, I mean, like Sunday's the start of your week of like, what does God have for me
2: this week? What so is that's, the word speaking to that's me? That's super interesting because what is the criticism that we hear sometimes? I feel like I'm not being filled by that church. Not being filled by the appetizer, right?
1: Oh, that's good. Okay? That's good, yeah.
2: Right? Because you, the expectation is you're coming to church and you're not being filled. It was only ever meant to whet your appetite to go and throughout your week, throughout your week fill up.
1: I absolutely I think that's a, a great way of looking at it is that like uh we get to experience like the fullness of the the passage in digging in it more deeply throughout the week. Um we get to I I wonder when that meal comes for people out there. Like I wonder who, when you're listening, when when do you get full by it? Uh
2: so is this another appetizer then or is this the main meal? I think like I think this is, this is <laughs> <the salad laughs> this is the salad course. This is course. the
1: salad course. <laughs>
2: Salad doesn't get me
1: uh, salivating, <laughs> but maybe <laughs> it makes me hungry. The, but God. it's nourishing.
2: Come on, I mean, unless it's iceberg. But lettuce. the
0: idea but is that then you know you're taking what you have heard and you are you know you're studying. I was I was thinking about that Second Timothy verse, like all of Scripture is breathed out by God, like four. I wrote it down so I wouldn't screw it up, like profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness, like all of it. And so like even when you're hearing just that passage on Sunday, it's not meant to be like, well, I think I've read the Bible for the week, so I'm good. Like, that's not the purpose.
1: It's almost like, it's almost like, uh, like, like just thinking that you need to hear uh, the gospel once, right? Mm-hmm. Or like maybe just hearing Maybe three weeks in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Just hearing a message like one time and being done with
2: it. Right, Brandon? There's, there's a lot at stake in the book of Galatians, though. Stake. <laughs> Stakes. Yes, just stakes the main course. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> so there is a lot at stake in the book of Galatians. Paul comes right out of the gates swinging. He's heated. Chapter three starts with almost like a, a shouting, blasphemous insult. But we're in chapter two right now, and Paul is is stating this this single doctrine: justification by faith alone and i've heard a couple people say like hey it feels like the last three sermons have been pretty similar pretty identical but isn't that because paul is is making a statement he's 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 laying out for us the importance of this this doctrine this theology this understanding that it it is justification by faith alone uh it is only by grace and he's giving us kind of different facets, different ways of looking at it. Uh, and and I, was thought, I thought maybe it'd be cool if we, we jumped in, like, maybe first, like, why is this so important? Because we have this tendency to fall into a works-based. So, I don't know, could, could we maybe define terms, make some delineations there about, like, works-based versus grace-based or uh, our justification by... By faith alone is that too is that too big of an ask right away from the first question?
0: Well, I think you're talking about importance at the very beginning. At least in Salem, Pastor Matt said, "If you don't get this, you don't get the gospel." Which that seems like, wait, what? Like, are we not understanding? But I think that is because it is important. And he kind of went through a list of the ways that we um, seek justification, um, like through our value, through our work, through our family, through our relationships, all those things, which I think he got to a certain point and said something about, like, have I offended you yet? Like, have you identified with one of these things that you think you will find, um, your justification in? Um, and so I think that that was really important because if we, if we think about it, if I think about it, I can list the ways that I have sought justification, like, not through Jesus, like, not through my faith, um. And so I think that that is why it's so important because we live in a culture that has a lot of ways that you can be justified. The
2: central message of the gospel is that we are way, way more sinful than we realize. We are way too in such a desperate situation that none of us can save ourselves, that God saves us, uh, and, and, and. And, the, and then we are so much more accepted than we ever dared dream. And so that transaction of moving from being outside to inside is only a gift given to us freely and given to us fully. We are fully adopted as sons and daughters, which is coming in Galatians 4. We are, uh, we are given fully the inheritance. Uh, we are fully accepted Uh, by God and that is the truth of the gospel but we add to it when we try to earn our way when we say as though like we that seems impossible to believe but but in that moment we believe it we believe all I have to do is believe and I get and I'm in and I'm his and I'm saved but then we get to work about like maybe paying him back or trying to stay in God's good standing. Uh, which is this idea of justification. Justification is like um, our position with God, how God sees us, how does God feel about us right now? And, and, And we have this tendency to act as though the gospel isn't true. To act as though we aren't fully his, that we're kind of trying to make sure we stay valuable and stay inside of his grace and inside of his, his approval and his acceptance. Uh, and I think that's what Paul's like, Paul's like really strongly coming as, as this warning. It, it would be tough for us in this conversation to, to, to really say all that needs to be said about this because it's taken, you know, three, four, five sermons to even get to where we are. But what are what are like the the... I don't know, what, what do you have to add to the conversation? Um,
1: well, I think the big thing for me is I love that we're calling this, you know, No Other Gospel. It's there, right there in Genesis 1. The idea is, is the temptation of humanity is the temptation that's been there all along. Uh, you know, it's in the book of Genesis where where the the snake says, did God really say this, right? Uh, sort of suggesting that there can be multiple truths, that there isn't just one truth, but there's that there's that there, maybe God uh, isn't truth and there's something more that humanity must accomplish. Are you
2: saying there's only one truth? Are you a one truther? Yes. Okay,
1: I am too. Just okay. checking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've always said like the statement there is no truth doesn't exist. The, that truth proves itself, right? Philosophers have argued over this for many years and most philosophers, just logical thinkers agree, truth exists. And so I think we need to figure out what is truth and I think Galatians is the book about what is truth. And the problem with with it is is if you deviate even a little bit from truth, it becomes no longer truth. And that's the same with the gospel. It's the same with the temptation of humanity. Uh, and it's why Matt says, if you miss this, you miss the gospel. That's why he said that on Sunday, is because if you deviate even just a little bit, if you add anything to God other than God, you now have created your own God. And that's, what, that's where this book has been for me. That's where I think uh, chapter 2... That's where he really boils into what does it mean? What's the temptation there? What's, what have we done all along? What do we deviate back to? And it's the idea that there's something that we need to accomplish. It's Jesus plus something.
2: So there's this illustration, if it's okay, I, I, I can put out. So Tim, Tim uh, I was out in Silverton. Tim Porter was preaching out there, and he gave this really awesome illustration. And actually, this book sitting on the table is helpful. Uh, so for people listening, I'm going to have to be a bit more descriptive. Liz is like, where are we going? What's going on here? He talks about, like, the path of of a works-based justification where I'm earning my way is a narrow path with a ditch on both sides. And so you are going to fall off on one side or the other because the path is so narrow. You're either going to fail and fall into the ditch of despair because you are not living up to the standard that you set uh, for yourself, that you put on God, that you're thinking you need to do this thing to maintain this narrow path. You fall into the ditch and outside of God's approval. The other side of the ditch, which is maybe more deadly, is you actually are pretty successful and you fall into the ditch of pride. And you start to be so proud of yourself. You get to be so blind to the fact that, uh, that where you are and how you got to where you are is all by your efforts. You start to look down on the people around you, be judgmental and hypocritical, and you become the very Christian that the world is so critical of. Uh, and, and you are going to fall on one side of the ditch or other when your attempt to gain God's approval is by your efforts, by your works. Working hard to pray with your church attendance, with your serving, with your giving, uh, you know. Even, even in your marriage, like, you'll start to keep score, right? Because, like, like, I'm forgiving you, and that means you owe me, right? Like, what in the world? That is, that is a law-based marriage, uh, a merit-based marriage. And that was something that Tim was talking about this last week. It was really powerful.
0: Pastor Matt said something about like um, dying to the law, which is what it talks about. Right, is that not being what is like leading you and guiding you means confessing that you could never reach that standard, which I I think that's a hard thing to say. I will never, I will never get there. I'll never be what I think I should be or what I think what other people think I should be. Um, And he said something about when you like that the begin like the Christian life is doesn't start with do like what you're going to do. It starts with done. Um, and I think that that when you actually live out of that, which it's hard for me to do, I like to do, I like to uh, accomplish, check things off, but when you actually live out of the what Christ has done for you, um that is where you like find the freedom, find the whatever it is that you're seeking through your other other means of justification I'll use that in quotes.
1: yeah i th- i <coughs> I think it's um it's, there's a central topic here of, of like, I love how uh, Paul talks about the idea of doing things in vanity, and he sort of starts out chapter two in, in that relation of, like, um, y- you've sort of gone back to doing your own thing, to following your own will, um, to to even though it's a good thing, like, the law can be a good thing. God gave us the law for a reason. Um, if we are Following the law in order to accomplish our own will, it's vanity. And so we've been talking a lot, you know, just the three of us, and just naturally in conversation about um, how do we know what to do? How do we know how we're following God's will? And we can do so many good things. We can help people. We can um, go to church. We can, you know, Brandon, you had a sermon the other week that was a lot about this, right? Like, you can do so many things, um, but. If it's not God's purpose for your life it's actually vanity it's actually vapor it's dust it's nothing uh and and I love that that Paul is sort of dialing in and and reminding uh Peter of this saying like hey you've sort of gone back to vanity um you you're you're now building your own house again
2: yeah I mean it's it's this idea I mean it's it's really kind of backwards uh thinking uh I talked about how like the good things we do could be the most dangerous things that we do. Like we should use the most caution around the good things that we do. And it's not that, I'm, I'm not advocating that like, like people shouldn't serve. Like, like we want and, 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 and encouraging people to serve. We're encouraging people to give. Uh, but it's, it's that, what is the motivation for those things? It's so deadly. If any part of your motivation is a thought about my position with God, how does God feel about me? Am I doing enough? You know, is is, is am I am I doing enough? Am I valuable enough? If that's any part of your motivation, uh, you're you're you're. you're I, we probably can't talk about Amos. I was, you know, we were reading in Amos this week. If you're in the Bible recap, they were talking about the the sacrifices that they're giving in 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 vain. Like they're just like, hey God, here's some dead animals. Hey God, here's some money. Like, like this'll keep God happy for a little while. Like the, that really is like the kind of central motivation of our of our service and our giving and our good. And and Paul and Paul and 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 God has said like don't do that. Like, I'd rather have you not doing any of those things. I want your heart and I want your whole heart. Uh, I want you to love me. I want you to pursue me with, with your heart. And I want everything you do to be out of an outflowing of your love for me.
0: I have a really good Spurgeon quote because I love Charles Spurgeon. He says, this is all you have to do to leave off doing and let Christ do everything. And when Christ has done that everything, then you shall begin doing again on quite another principle, not with a view to merit, but out of gratitude to him who saved you. And again, that's the backward thinking, right? That like you do by not doing, like we that that has no place in the world that we live in where you, like your livelihood, your identity, right? We talked talked about that also on Sunday a lot about what people find their identity in. Like we don't say my identity is in the fact that I can't do it, and Jesus did it all for me. Um, but it's actually, that is the truth.
2: So let's say somebody is like, okay, I recognize I question my standing with God, and that's why I do what I do. And they, say, they agree, they're, they're going to stop. They're going to stop trying to earn God's approval, and they're going to believe that they're fully approved of and accepted. What do they put in place of that? What do they put in place of that? What do they do instead what, what is God calling us to? What is, uh, what is the, what is the path uh, in, in the Christian life? Instead of doing, starting with done, what would be, what would be a starting point for somebody who's going to surrender their justification by works, and 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 turn over a new leaf? and start new. I mean, this is kind of application stage.
1: Liz, you know the answer no, to that. No, yeah, I want you
0: to share what you were saying before though.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of practical application in the scriptures and I think Christians will always and people in general will say, "Well, if it's not about doing, then I don't do anything." And I think we we hit on that on Sunday too, a, a lot of that. Well, you know, like, well then, like then I get to, I'm saved, and then I get to keep going sinning, right? We're going to get by to that. By no means.
0: That's my favorite part. Yeah,
1: by no means. And it's like, uh, you know, if, if that's the way you think, then you don't get the gospel. Um, what did Matt say on Sunday um, that I think was just uh, really great? He said, the, the well, then I can do this, and God paid for that, and I can do this, and I did this. It's past, present, and future. Once you realize the love of Christ, it changes your desires, and so you have to understand, um, you know, we read uh, in staff meeting yesterday, Abide, we were reading this book, Abiding in Christ, um, and one of the things um, that it talks about is the fact that we are tied to the vine, that that faith is going, the, the faith that we have is not just believing that that God exists or that he saved me, but it's believing that regardless of my actions, every day I'm going to go back to the fact that he holds me tight, that there's nothing I can do to change that situation. And practically, I think you can do that. I think there's many things you can do. There's many places you can go to, to say, um, I I, I understand this. And so for me personally, it's all about knowing Christ. Uh, How I abide in him is like I love him so much. I have realized what he's done for me, and I want to know him. That I don't have to do these things. I don't have to read the Bible. I don't have to pray. But, like, I get to know him. So as I go to the word, I get to know Christ a little bit more. I get to look up and see God. So for me, it's just daily habits that I've formed out of a desire to know Christ, to to recognize who he is, to recognize that he's all around me, to recognize that I abide in him, that that it's not what I do. I can't change anything. What has been done is already done.
2: Which is totally different than reading the Bible because I feel guilty, right? Reading the Bible because I'm thinking, I haven't read my Bible in like five days. Okay, God, tomorrow I'm going to read my Bible, right? Like that's not what he's asking for. Like he's saying, no, I just want to spend time with you. Right, I want to know you. Right, and and our our mission statement at Outward Church, we write it on the walls: Love Jesus, live outward. We we have loved Jesus in the beginning because that's where it starts. We we can't do any of the outward things until we we begin with put your eyes on Him, put your set your mind on Him, think about Him, be open. There was one thing that it said in, in abiding in Christ that uh, that we read. I think it was towards the end. I can't remember the exact quote, but it's like. Set your mind on the idea that God is, is uh, like, open to receiving you, to guiding you, directing you, loving you. I mean, it's, it, it's something along those lines. But it's like, first, open open your eyes and your mind to the idea that God does uh, does love and care for you and is planning to do something in your life. Start to receive that as the beginning.
0: It's near um, Pastor Matt Sermon on Sunday. He said the same thing when he's like, so, like, what is this, like, and it's like we were saying a relationship, spending time with. He was saying like God wants you to experience like His grace and His love, and He wants to transform you. Like He's going to do the the changing because He does the loving and the granting of the grace. Like that, again, it's it goes right back to the you're not doing, but it's because He loves you.
2: Yeah, Ro- Romans twelve ends up being really helpful in view of God's mercy. Off your bodies as a living sacrifice. Uh, and be transformed, uh, I'm sure I missed part of the verse, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Mm -hmm. right? And those two together, it's like this surrendering. uh, I think even in uh, that other book that we were reading, he talked about this idea of actually physically laying down, opening yourself up and saying, God, here's my body. Offering your body as a living sacrifice. You're saying, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to lay here. And and I'm going to be transformed because I, by the way that I think, I'm, my transformation is going to come from a, a renewed mind, thinking differently, thinking differently about you, thinking differently about uh, my position with you and what I'm doing. Uh, and then and then you're like, well, I want to I want to know that God more, and so you read His word. You want to be more connected to Him, so you pray. Like the outflowing of of this experience with God as you're thinking about Him, now motivates you to spend time with him. And then you love his people. You want to start serving his people. And of course, you want to give because everything you have has been given to you. And and so you're responding by giving away what you have. And now you're giving, you're serving. You want to be at church because you want to be with his people. You're serving because you love his people. All of those things are an outflow of knowing God uh, and, and loving him, experiencing him. But that starts with a position of You already have the approval of God. You're already his son and his daughter. You've already earned the entire, well, not earned. You've already received the entire inheritance. It's all waiting for you. True
1: freedom is found in obedience to Christ. I think that's something that's been huge for me. Um, Freedom is not found in doing what we want to do. Uh, if humanity was left to its own, if, if we were to, you know, it's funny as I was looking at the movie sh- theater show times for tonight, cause Anik and I are going to go see a movie. Don't know why I'm telling you guys this probably don't care, but that purge movie, like there's another one of those purge movies, right? Uh, I think there's so much, tr- I haven't seen them, but I get the idea the concept. There's so much truth in those movies that it's like a day or like, basically there's no law, right? What does humanity do in those situations? Uh, God gives us a, a law to follow um, for a reason. But, but when we are left to our own desires and our own wants, like, we are evil. I'm sorry if that's news to you, but we're evil. Like, our thoughts, our actions, man, they're, they're bad. Uh, and so what we need is another person inside of us to, to give us the desires that we're created for. It's the truth. That's the truth. That's the gospel for us. It's, it's, uh, it's the, the fact that we want no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Um, it, not for my glory, but for his.
2: That might be a good stopping point because, I, you guys, I would talk about this forever. Like, I don't even care what time it is. You
0: can talk about it on Sunday.
2: for for 45 minutes maybe we can have a 45 minute episode today
1: can i leave everybody with a question yes um i I, this is what got me at the end of chapter two it says uh, verse 21 i do not nullify the grace of god for if righteousness were through the law then christ died for no purpose the question that gets me in that is what does that mean what does it mean if that christ had to die for something what, so what if he died for no purpose? Like, people die all the time. Is, was there a purpose in it? And, I, and that, like, kept me up. And I kind of, one of those questions of, what does it mean? Um, I don't know. Should I should I leave that hanging with people, and we'll pick up my answer next week and see what people have to say?
2: Deal. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's, let's chew on that. Christ died for no purpose.
1: What does that mean to you, you out there, whoever you are? I'm looking at you right looking. now deep into the camera deep oh like a ray ortland type of a moment that's like the
2: first rule of of podcast you don't look at the camera oh shoot uh
1: look away look away (laughs) what (laughs) does it mean that christ died for no purpose what does that mean
2: to you mic drop mic drop moment hey do you want to have a drink one more is it great